Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. So last week, Courtney and I were talking about predators and uh, specifically about the Game Commission's proposal to reintroduce the American Martin. And they want to reintroduce it to its former range right here in Pennsylvania. If you've listened to the show from week to week, you might have figured out that Courtney's a bit partial to turkeys and turkey hunting, and she has some questions about whether this might harm the turkey population. Um, and if you don't already know, um, the turkey population has been suffering a little bit as of lately, um, and so we decided to do a show that might give us some uh, perspective for opportunities to explore the topic a bit more and let you and us come to a conclusion as to whether it might be a good idea to reintroduce the American Martin to Pennsylvania. So let's start by getting to know the American Martin a bit better because I don't know much about the American Martin or I didn't prior to this show and I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't either. Yeah, so I guess we'll start out with just some you know general information about them. So the American Martin, or Martin, is often incorrectly called the Pine Martin because of their close resemblance to their European relative. They're a member of the Mustelid family, um, that's the weasel family, and they have scent glands which produce a strong repellent smell that's often used to mark their territory. Um, Like I said, it's part of the weasel family, so other members of the family are fishers, ermines, mink, and river otters. So let's talk a bit about what they look like, though. Yeah, so the male martins measure 14 to 17 inches long. Um, their tail adds 6 to 9 inches more. And the females are slightly smaller and lighter in color. Um, their head body lengths between 12 and 15 inches. And their tails measure 5 to 7 inches. So they have a real long, shiny fur. And then they have a triangular-shaped head. And it's gray. And then they have short legs and a bushy tail that are very dark brown or black. And the chest has a cream-colored patch. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of colors going on there. Yeah. Um, they're long and slender, almost kind of like a ferret. And their eyes are large and their ears are cat-like. And then they have very sharp claws. So I guess just for a visual, um, the American Martin falls somewhere between the size of like an average house cat and a gray squirrel. Gotcha. Um, let's focus on their habits for a minute. And um, they're actually what we call true facultative generalists and this means that they're kind of opportunistic when it comes to their diets so they'll eat mammals or they'll eat birds plants fruits nuts if insects are hopping by they'll eat those they'll go down to the creek and eat some amphibians or fish um pretty much anything they can find uh, according to the research the largest portion of their diet is made up of mammals um, and so some of the mammals that they really like are voles, shrews, and mice. And just like fishers, sometimes they'll exhibit signs of cannibalism. That's kind of crazy. And they end up eating their friends. Um, as far as lifespan and mortality are concerned, martins are actually faced with the same threats as a lot of other species. Um, they're susceptible to disease, parasites, starvation. Martins are prey for a bunch of different species, including bobcats, fishers, uh, coyotes, red fox, 
Uh, and as we mentioned before, sometimes even other martens. Uh, as far as birds are concerned, we have um, great horned owls, eagles, and northern goshawks that uh, also like to prey on martens. And that means their typical lifespan is kind of short. It's uh, about a year and a half to five and a half years. Um, but there's a couple cases, just like usual, where they live longer and they've been recorded to live as long as 14 years. So they have a really vast range. Um, it extends from Alaska across Canada and clear down into Maine. And then New Hampshire, Vermont, and New York all have Martin populations. And there's a lot of states in the upper Midwest that also have them. Historically, they would have ranged down through Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Maryland into Virginia, and then Tennessee into North Carolina. So Martins were once a common part of the forest ecosystem right here in Pennsylvania, and historic records within Pennsylvania point towards the northern tier of the state, so the highest densities of them were found in Warren, McKean, Potter, Forest, Elk, Cameron, and Clinton counties. And the deforestation that occurred in Pennsylvania back in the 18th and 19th century, um, paired with unregulated harvest of the marten, led to their eventual extirpation from the state. So extirpation just means that they're gone from an area. It doesn't mean that they're completely extinct, just that they don't live in a certain area anymore. Um, the last ones here in PA were believed to be found around 1920. And there have been several occurrences since then, but they're believed to be Martins coming out of New York State. All right, so where they live, you know, we, we know exactly uh, where they did at one time, but within the woods, where they live. Um, so Martins actually prefer woodlands composed of predominantly softwoods or mixed woods. At one time, they thought that it was old growth forest that they lived in. That was primarily where they were found. Uh, but they, they actually found out that that's not so. They really like the mixed woods, um, but they do have to have complex physical structure. So what that means is uh, downed or dead wood, thick vegetation, rock piles, um, trees that lean on other trees, uh, and they'll use a variety of habitat types if food or cover are available. Um, so as I mentioned, downed woody materials such as stumps, logs, brush, slash. They really provide uh, refuge sites for nesting and resting and foraging martens. Um, and part of that is the large openings in the forest are avoided by martens, especially during the winter. Uh, and that's because of predation. So I want to pause here and mention that martens are actually adapted to deep snow conditions. Um, it really gives them a competitive edge over a more aggressive fisher. Um, this advantage may ex partly explain why martens are more often found in higher elevation habitats prone to the deep and prolonged snow. Uh, if you remember in an earlier episode, we actually covered that deep snow uh, because there's a zone called the Subnivian Zone or an area of snowpack that actually stays roughly the same temperature uh, throughout the winter. And as it turns out, martens need that, that layer to survive during the winter for both warmth and access to food sources below ground. Um, so that's a, a primary fact and you have to remember that. So when they're trying to reestablish this population, where's that snowpack going to be? Uh, so now we move on to reintroduction. Yeah, so I think this part is the part that gets a little bit controversial. 
Um, so several assessments focusing on feasibility of reintroduction have been completed for the species. Um, the most recent was just done this year. And this assessment focused on available habitat, um, impacts to and from other species, climatic changes in the future, and a variety of other important factors. The review found that there is suitable habitat within the historic range of Pennsylvania, um, and that there is little negative impact in relation to other species within the state. And it was recommended that Martin be reintroduced into the Commonwealth following a reintroduction and management plan being drafted. The Pennsylvania Game Commission Board of Commissioners voted to move forward with the development of a reintroduction and management plan for Martin, and it'll be reviewed by the public and provided to the board for their review and approval. So if you want to read more into this, um, the, the PA Martin Reintroduction Feasibility Assessment, that's a mouthful, is available on the PGC website, and we'll also post a link to that on the Conservation Corner page. Alright, so let's review. Barns were here at one time. They're opportunistic, um, so that means they eat a variety of different things. They need deep snow as far as uh, being able to survive during the winter. So all those facts add up and give us some food for thought, certainly. Um, there's quite possibly the chance that they could be reintroduced and um, could possibly live here right along with fishers. Um, so. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year or two. Well, that, I think we do have a couple of events. Yeah, so the first one, uh, I wanted to mention that paddleboarding classes are now being offered at Lake Winola uh, Sunday mornings at 9.30. And it's a 90-minute class, and you get introduced to the sport if you've never tried it before. Starting on land, attendees will learn how to handle their paddle, mount the paddleboard, uh, they'll also learn proper body position for balance. Uh, and then you move to the water. So there's some on-water instruction that includes launching, stroke techniques, maneuvering the board. No standing up required. Uh, so instruction will be followed by a short stand-up paddleboard tour around the lake. Uh, so meet at the Lake Winola Public Boat Launch, 931, and that's Lake Road Factoryville. Uh, there's a cost, and it's $50, and that includes the stand-up paddleboard, a PFD, and instruction. They do mention that class size is limited to five, and pre-registration is required. All right, so if you're interested in signing up for the class, call 570-378-2732. That's 570-378-2732. The next one is at Salt Springs State Park. It's Wednesday, August 24th at 1 p.m. at the Discovery Trail, and it's called M is for Monarchs on Milkweed. So it'll be a hike to see how many monarch butterflies you can find, and you'll learn all about their life cycle, their connection to milkweed, and how they migrate to Mexico. The fee is $5 per person, $15 per family, free for members. Well, I think that does it for our show. If you have any questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and there you can find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and the contact form where you can reach out and ask questions. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying, 
Enjoy the outdoors.